this morning. Um, we like to say good morning to all of you and good morning to our online community. We thank and praise God for your listening ear. Amen. <clears throat> so where we're going to begin, we've got some, a few things we want um, to share and make sure uh, have your pencil and paper, or if you can recall it, if you can contain it, then that's well and good. But God has a word for us this morning. Going to the book of Malachi, chapter number four is where we are going to begin. We're going to talk about when God is silent. When God is silent. When God is silent. Heavenly Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord God, you would just minister unto us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just uh, bring forth your word, Lord God, the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he will minister unto us, God. And, Father God, we pray that not one drop fall to the ground, not one word. But, God, when we leave this place, we will leave with changed lives and changed thoughts. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. <clears throat> Dealing with Malachi chapter number four is where we're going to begin. And we're going to talk about these silent years. Oftentimes we've heard about the 400 years of silence, the 400 years when God was not speaking. But I discovered there are some other places in the Bible where God is silent and he is not speaking. You know, sometimes we say, well, God is always speaking, but is he? We're going to walk through the scriptures this morning and we are going to see. We have to understand that there was 400 years of silence that occurred between the Old Testament and the New Testament. When we deal with the Old Testament, it concludes with the book of Malachi, and then we talked about chapter number four. Now, the name Malachi in Hebrew means messenger, and the messenger, he was a, a prophet. Then it picks up 400 years later in the New Testament, where the first verse really begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, during those 400 years of silence, there was no recorded prophecies. During those 400 years of silence, when God was not speaking, there were no recorded prophecies. This is called the intertestamental testamental period. Now, we have to understand that there was no voice of God speaking during those 400 years. Now, looking at Matthew, um, uh, Malachi chapter number 4, and we're going to read verse number 5. We're going to begin with the, the last prophecy that was spoken. Now, verse number 5 in Malachi chapter number 4, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And then verse 6 says, And this 
is his purpose. Verse 6 says, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Hmm. So, so the last uh, noted prophecy in the Old Testament, God was dealing with the heart of man, the condition of man's heart. And there was a problem there. So God said there has to be harmony within the family. They had to bring about harmony within the family. Now, when you look at Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6, we will see the fulfillment of that prophecy. We're going to see the fulfillment of that prophecy. And that fulfillment is in, Matthew, uh, is in uh, Matthew's, no, excuse me, it is in Luke. Yes, it is, it is in Luke. The fulfillment is in Luke chapter number 1. In Luke in chapter number 1. In Luke, chapter number 1. What's really happening from, Ma- from Malachi to Matthew, it is the ushering in of a new era. The new era is grace. See, in the Old Testament, now we're under the law, but during those 400 years, God had to get things in place. So come, come, Luke. Luke is the fulfillment of the uh, prophecy that is in Malachi. It's the fulfillment now. It, grace is ushered in. This is the era of grace that we are presently living in. Now, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter number 1. We're going to look at some things. St. Luke, chapter number 1. St. Luke, chapter number 1. Are we there? St. Luke. Chapter number one. Just want to teach you a little bit this morning. St. Luke chapter number one. And we're going to begin reading verse number 16. Verse number 16. We have to understand that, that Zechariah, whose name is God has remembered, he is he's in the temple and he's presiding. He's doing some rituals. Okay? Keep that in mind. Now, in verse number 16 in St. Luke chapter 1, it says, And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. This is a fulfillment of Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Verse 17 says, And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Watch what it says. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So here we are. We, we see the fulfillment of the prophecy that was given in Malachi. I asked God a question because I said, Now, Lord, what was happening during that time of those 400 years. Because at that point, uh, God had not brought forth the prophet John the Baptist. He had not brought him forth. So if God was not speaking during those 400 years of silence, what was really taking place? 
Now, remember now, Zechariah, he's in the temple. And he's going through those ceremonial rituals. He's going through those customs. But it's interesting to know that from from Malachi up into Luke, God was not speaking. So what was what what was he really doing? Is it not the same way today? <laughs> we go through the rituals. We 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 go through our thing, <laughs> and sometimes God is not speaking. See, the Bible lets us know that that Zechariah he was conducting his priestly duties. What was his priestly duties? He was making atonement for his sins and for the sins of the people. But God was not speaking. <laughs> is that not interesting? Here he is. Here he is. He's, he's in the temple. He's, he's, he's going through these uh, uh, rituals, these customs, and the people are gathered around. But God is silent. I wonder at times when God is not speaking to us or to leadership, what are we really doing? What what is the body of Christ doing when God is silent? What we do, we continue to go through the motions. Have you ever been somewhere and it's the same old ritual over and over and there's no freedom for the Holy Spirit to move? Have you ever been in a place where we put God on a clock? Can I get an amen? We put God on a clock and we tell him when he can come in. He can come in when we finish our ritual. But the Holy Spirit is sitting back waiting silently for us to come to an understanding that he rules and he rings and it is on his time and not our time. See, that was a problem back then and that is also the problem now. See, Zechariah now, he, he's in the temple He's performing his, his, his priestly duties, but God is silent. But then something interesting happens. It, an angel appears to, Ze- appears to Zacharias, and he tells him now that he is going to have a son. Now, you've got to understand now, he and his wife are old. So he's like, come on now. Gabriel appears to him, and then he tells him he's going to have a son, and his son was going to be named John. Now, you know John, when you look at the Greek meaning of John, John means grace. So what he was saying to him, now, this is entering into the era of grace. One thing we want to make sure that we understand, that we do not keep ourselves under the law and allow the grace of God to operate in our lives every day. Amen. So, so, but, but let me tell you this. Now, why was God not, not, not speaking? Why, why, why was God silent? Somebody say, well, it's because he had said all that he was going to say. 
Now, you got to look at what was really going on, what was Malachi saying, what was happening with the people of Israel. Now, we do know that we are the Israel today, right? It has nothing to do with territorial stuff. That's why we're confused. But God had a controversial with the people. What they were doing was they was bringing him offering, but the offering, they, 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 they were lame, they were blind, and, 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 and they were not acceptable unto God. They were sick. And God wanted the best. See, whenever we give God anything, we need to give him the best. So that's why the Bible says present yourself a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. So what are we offering to God? Are we giving God our best? Or are we giving God what they did in the book of Malachi? That which was blind, lame, crippled, ugly, and everything else. They did not give him his best. So when we are presenting ourselves unto the Lord, when we are offering ourselves up unto the Lord, are we giving him our best? Or are we giving him the less or the least? That's secondary. Think about it. Think of, every individual has to think for themselves. What am I, am I offering God Oh, Holy Spirit. Am I offering God all of me or am I offering God some of me? Because we, we do know that some of us still got some of us we're holding on to. And we're not giving God all of us. And the Bible says, what you say, brother? It is our reasonable service to give him all of us. Inventory time. Sound like God silent up in here too. <laughs> what are we offering? Are we giving him all of us? Are we giving God every part of us? Or are we giving God second best? All right. Okay, I hear you, Lord. Are we, (laughs) thank you, Holy Spirit, are we offering God mankind today? Are we offering up God half prayers and half praise and half worship with tainted hearts? See, we can't worship God. We cannot commune with God with a tainted heart. Help us, Holy Spirit. Now, there are other times when God is silent. We just go through our stuff, day in and day out. Same old ritual. In church, out of church, in fellowship. Because you know you are the church. Not this here. Inside and outside. What are we doing? What are we offering up? Now, 
There's a brief moment when Jesus was found writing on the ground when, when some religious folk, can I say that? Can I say church folk? Self-righteous folk brought this woman that had committed adultery. And, and, and they wanted to trap Jesus so bad that they said, now, now, the, the Moses' law says we're supposed to, she's supposed to be stoned. She was caught in the very act. And what did Jesus do? He sat down right before those religious, self-righteous folk. And he began to write on the ground. See, that ground, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. That ground represents their soul. He began to write on their soul because, see, what happened was conviction came. And when conviction came, each one began to step away. You see, that's why you got to be careful how you throw stones. Because of the fact that, that when, when, when God opens the door to your life, to your closet, I wonder what would fall out. Hmm. But, but, but we have a tendency to throw stones. And Jesus just kept on writing until they all tipped away. Because you see, if you, if you realize something, if you come to the understanding that sooner or later, it's going to knock at your door. And then you're going to have to tip. Because your sins, the Bible says, will find you out. I don't do like brother Sancho. I don't do like sister Sancho. But, but you do something out of the will of God. Can we get amen? Boy, Lights, shout hallelujah, lights. Because, huh. see, if, 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 oh, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? If, if walls could talk, it would tell a story of our lives. Can I get an Amen. See, it's nothing, the Bible says, there is nothing that's hidden from the all-seeing eye. God. All right. Now, when he's silent. Now, when he's taken now, and, and they begin to question Jesus who he was, Jesus did not respond. He was silent. But let me show you something else in the scripture where he is silent where God is silent. Now let's go to the book of Revelations. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Are we there? Book of Revelations, chapter number eight. When God is not speaking, when God is silent. Revelations, chapter number eight. Looking now at the very first verse, verse number eight says, 
verse number, chapter number 8, verse number 1 says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was what? And where was the silence? In heaven. But it says it was about the space of a half hour. Silent for 30 minutes. Not the 400 years where God was ushering the era of grace. (laughs) You see, when God is silent, he's either preparing for grace or he's preparing for judgment. Do we not know the Bible says judgment will begin in the house of God? He's not going to go out there and get the world first. He's going to go out there. He's going to, judgment is going to come to the house of God. It's going to come to the people of God. So when God is silent, he's doing one or two things. He's either giving us grace to get it right, or he is releasing judgment. Hmm. 30 minutes. Watch what happens now during these 30 minutes. See, we have to understand that Revelation is a coded book. And we've got to learn how to break the code. As we move closer to the end of the age, which means the church age, We're in the last of the last days. Last week, Dr. Manley talked about the last hour. Now, we're in the last of the last days. Silence is there. Silence is there. Now, watch what happens now in verse number 2, Revelations chapter number 8. Verse 2 says, And I saw... The seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Hmm. Hmm. Seven is a spiritual number. It means perfection. It talks about the angels was given trumpets. Hmm. As they were giving trumpets, they were about to make a proclamation. Now, remember now, this is after that brief time of 30 minutes of silence. Now, judgment is coming. So we need to understand that when God is not talking, something is about to happen. Either you're going to get grace or you're going to get judgment. Now, it intensifies itself because the Bible talks about how severe and how intense these judgments are. All right? Seven trumpets. Now, 
the symbolism of the trumpet, we can find some, some things about the trumpet. We can find it in the book of Numbers. It gives a purpose why in those days, while the trumpets were being used, they were either to summon the congregation to sound the alarm that they were going to war, or it was a time of worship, summoning the people for worship. Hmm. And then in Exodus, it's, it's a, a call to come near to the Father, come near to God, to, to be able to hear the word of God. And in Joshua chapter number 6, huh, the blowing of the trumpet is a warning. I wonder how many warnings have we gotten? How many warnings have we gotten in our lives? How many warnings? Hmm. Now, let's look at now verse number three. We're going to go through these first seven verses. Now, verse number three says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, it's an aroma, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. Upon the golden altar. So, so when you pray now, don't, don't, don't become disillusioned if for whatever reason you think God has not answered it just yet. Because, see, your, your prayers are going up, and God will respond to your prayers. Watch the word. He will respond to your prayers. See, one thing about, about prayer, prayer, when it goes up, it's, it's a sweet-smelling Savor unto the Lord. God, as the sister said this morning, God inhabits the praises of his people. He, he wants us to praise him because, see, it, it brings him closer to us. He lives, he lives even the more when we are in a praise mode. Now, how many of us came in a praise mode? How many of us is in a praise mode. How many of us is in a praise mode? In a praise mode, yes. How many of us are in a praise mode? In a praise mode. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. It's okay to take her out. Amen. The praise mode. Now, it comes now with the word. The word says now in verse number four, it says, and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayer. See, there's a sweet smelling aroma. There's a sweet smelling aroma when it comes up with praise. A sweet smelling savor when it comes with praise comes with praise amen now the bible says in verse number four that it ascended up before god out of the angel's hand it's it we need to we need to take her to the back and call the number that we need to call 
We need to do that. Yes, we need to do that. We can pause for a minute, and somebody make, need to make the call. Someone needs to make the call. Someone needs to make the call.